You want to know if you're in a difficult relationship, or perhaps you already know that, and you just need some advice? That's where my other podcast, Love and Abuse, comes in. Head over to loveandabuse.com and check out the show that's been helping people like you make the next best decisions for all your relationships since 2019. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Sorry about that. I was on my phone and uh, <laughs> I can't even I can't even do the acting. <laughs> I am not on my phone. In fact, that is today's subject. I think you'll find it interesting if you have uh, somebody in your life that likes to be on their phone. <laughs> this is Paul Coliani and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. So I started off the show with silence. Because how does it feel when you're uh, ignored? How does it feel when somebody is paying attention to something what seems to be more important than you? I know how it feels because my fiance does it all the time. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's true. Uh, a lot of the people we know in our life probably does this. And uh, that's a very good thing to talk about because it does feel like maybe something is more important or the person they're either chatting with on the phone or doing with their social media. It does seem like they're more important than us. It seems like it. Is it true? Is it just fulfilling some um, craving that we have inside of us for social media, for connection in another way. Are we all just introverts that love to be on our phones and that's just the way we're wired? Well, all those questions and more I will not be answering today. <laughs> I have a, a specific question in mind that I'm going to be addressing, but um, I think anyone listening to this might be able to relate to it either as the offender and that's a harsh term, I don't mean it that way, but as the person, the perpetrator that is doing this behavior and the person who's receiving this behavior, the person who is around someone that they want their attention from and they can't get it because that person is too busy, I don't know, taking pictures of their food or looking at the latest social media, doing what they call doom scrolling looking for the next story, looking for the next neurological or psychological high, the addiction that can take place with social media and browsing the internet, browsing the news, looking for the latest and greatest of everything. And I did learn a long time ago during my training, during my teachings, that um, the brain loves novelty. And all that means is the brain loves new things. The brain loves new things. The brain loves new experiences and uh, it's comfortable in what I would call a rut. It's comfortable with uh, the same patterns over and over again. But it gets more excited with new things. If you saw a spaceship in the air, that would be exciting. That would be exciting to your brain. It would be scary as hell, but it would be exciting because it would be something new. 
for most of us. And uh, if you saw, I don't know, somebody parachuting down and landing in your neighborhood, that would be exciting. That would be something new. The brain loves novelty. This is why some people love reading. This is why some people love movies. This is why some people love their phones. They're trying to fill it with novelty. Now, I know that's not the only reason, but that is one of the reasons. And uh, the internet and social media and what our phones and our computers do really do uh, fill that gap or fill that need, I should say. It's no longer a gap. We all have access to the, te the technology. So it's no longer a gap. But we do have access and... You know, it's only going to get, how can I say this, worse or better. <laughs> and uh, both are basically the same outcome. It's going to get worse because we're going to have instant access to tech all the time because it will basically be attached to us. And that can be worse because it takes us away from the human connection. And in my opinion, it can be worse. For some people, it might be great. The introverts of the world, the people who don't have friends, it can be great being connected all the time. I'm not going to put it down. I actually love technology. I love new technology. I love all the stuff that we're talking about with AI, and I use AI daily. So I am all about tech. I'm on tech right now doing this show. I'm staring at tech doing this show. When my fiance comes in and says, you love your toys, I proudly say, yes, I do. <laughs> and there's no conversation after that because if I say, uh, if I said, no, I don't, I'm not a child, then we can have a conversation, which would definitely be her pointing things out about me that uh, I would obviously resist. <laughs> but I don't resist. I just say, yes, I do. That's who I am. Or at least I just started saying that because I realized saying, no, I don't is pointless. <laughs> so I say, yes, I do. I love my toys, I love my tech, and it um, makes me feel good. Some people will say, there's so much radiation coming from your tech. If you've seen my desk, I should, I should show a picture online someday of my desk. It is nothing but tech. So I hope there's no radiation. I hope this is all under, um, what do they call it, the guidelines where they're not emitting too much radioactive <laughs> radio frequencies. But... Um, I love my tech and I know that tech's getting better and I will adopt and adapt all of it. And then some people don't like it. They don't like it at all. They don't want it in their lives or at least some of it. And they're noticing just like I notice that tech is taking over uh, people's time and energy. You're always on the phone. You're always on the computer. That's what my fiance's son said to her when she was, uh, well, well, when he was two. He would say things like, Mom, get off the pewter, get off the pewter. <laughs> so back then she was into tech as well. And so when we met, I thought I met my dream girl. And I have. <laughs> but to meet somebody who knows tech as well as I do and different aspects of it, that was fun. And now she's on her phone a lot. I'm on my phone a lot. Uh, but what happens next? What about the relationship? What about connection? What about our emotional connection? What about our physical connection? What about just making eye contact? It has changed. Technology has changed the world. And again, I don't have all the answers, but I will address the this question that somebody sent to me 
they said, um, hey, I just wanted to put a question out there. Hopefully it will get talked about. Here we are. We're talking about it. I've been in a relationship and my husband has ADHD. He's constantly, constantly on his phone with an AirPod in his ear. No matter where we are, what we're doing, it bothers me. I feel he's not in the moment and I don't have his complete attention. I feel his phone comes before me. It's difficult to talk to him when he's like that. I have to say, hey, pay attention to us. We have a child together and I feel like our child doesn't get complete attention either. I know it probably helps with his focus, but I want his focus to be on me. Thank you for sharing that. It is a great subject to talk about because um, I think everyone experiences it. So this show is for everyone, <laughs> except for the people that might have flip phones and only use them when needed. But for those that have to deal with this issue, it's a great conversation to have. And uh, I'll tell you what I think. I think that uh, welcome to the club, <laughs> first of all. Secondly, this definitely is what is happening in the world and will continue to happen and will only get worse or better. And I haven't defined a better yet. Better is, I'll define it now. Better in the sense that it can really help us in a lot of ways, the tech. Some people may disagree with that, but I've already seen some of this technology doing wonderful things. I mean, helping paralyze people to walk again. We are talking about augmentation. We are talking about the technology that we wear that, I mean, we already wear technology in a lot of ways. I have um, hearing aids now. I have to use hearing aids because I thought it was brilliant when I was in my 20s to play my music in my car as loud as possible. I thought that was a brilliant idea because I was going to look so cool. I felt cool blasting my music while the people around me gave me dirty looks. That's who I was, as a, a young guy. So a few years later, maybe 10, 20 years down the road, I noticed that I couldn't hear as well as I thought I could. In fact, I didn't notice it. Other people would notice it because my hearing started to go. And um, then some other people would say things and I would say, what? What did you say? And I just thought they didn't talk loud enough or there was too much other noise in the room. And that was what was causing me not to hear it. So there were a number of excuses I used, but quite frankly, I didn't understand how bad it was until I lived with Asha, <laughs> my fiance. Now she said, you can't hear, you need to go to the audiologist and you need to get checked. And so I did. And they said I had almost severe hearing loss. Without my hearing aids on, I can still hear. I can still hear fine, but there are certain frequencies I can't pick up. So that's when I was told that I need hearing aids. And um, unlike some people, I welcomed it. I loved the idea of being able to hear again. And so I got my hearing aids. And uh, ever since then, it's been, what, almost eight months since I've had these? I forget. But it's been a while. And I love having them because I love being able to hear again. And uh, if you ever have to deal with this, get ones that fit. <laughs> if they don't fit and they're falling out, you're going to hate them. Mine go into my canal. So I push them into the canal and I can hear all the frequencies I couldn't hear before. It sounds a little funny because they're amplified, but uh, it's wonderful to be able to hear again. So I'm wearing tech. I'm augmented. That's what I mean is that the technology is getting better 
and sometimes it's getting worse for us. The technology for helping us do things, helping us see and hear and all that stuff is great, but it can be a detriment. It can be harmful if it's taking something away from us. So the technology that is taking away from this person who wrote, it is taking away their time and connection together by her standards, by her perspective. And anyone looking in, probably the same. They would feel the same. Like, why isn't he paying attention to you? Why isn't he paying attention to the child, his own child? What's going on? And so that's a great thing to address. And let's do that. Let's talk about that. I think the, uh, the my perspective here is that when it comes to addressing something that takes someone away from you in any type of capacity, like in this case, taking time away from us, taking their attention away from me or you, or taking attention away from a situation or a relationship, what is missing in that moment? That's the first question I like to ask. In fact, this person who wrote, what is missing when he's looking at his phone or listening to something? What is missing? Because you need to know what's missing in order to understand what you want to ask for. Because when I read this, it's almost like you're saying, I wish he would just take his earphone out or his AirPod, whatever you call it, and uh, get off his phone. And I wish he would just pay attention to me. But for how long? For what period of time? How frequently? Every day? Every day at 3 p.m.? And I'm being a little difficult here on purpose because I think you have to define what's important to you. Should he never have it in? Because if that's the case, that's asking a lot. But if that's your standard to know that uh, he's paying attention to you and to know that he is now back in the relationship, even though the technology will be difficult to avoid going forward or even now, even if we don't go forward, this is it. This is what we're dealing with. My question to you is, uh, what are you missing? And how often do you want that to happen? How often do you want him to not do that? And you may not have the answer. In fact, I don't expect you to say, well, I don't know. I just want him to pay attention to us when it's important. When is it important? <laughs> I'm, I'm being difficult. I know I am. But I want you to become very clear on what you want from him and in the relationship. Now, you may say he never pays attention. And I might ask, really, never, ever? And you'll say, well, no, not never, ever, but he's just on it so often. I get that. I totally get that. And so that's why I think it's important to ask yourself what's missing. Understand what is going on inside of you when he's on his phone or when he's listening to something so that you know what you can ask for and what you want to get from him and the relationship. And what I mean by that is you telling him, hey, I miss having a connection with you. This is what I would like. So you may have already said that, but let me um, clear this up. What I mean is there are times when you want to feel a connection and what does that connection look like? Does it mean you want his full attention? And if that's the case, which it probably is, I would like to ask when he does give you his full attention, let's just say he does it for 
10 minutes. He gives you his full attention. He's right there with you. And then he goes back to his phone. Is that enough? Again, I'm being difficult, but I almost want you to quantify this. I almost want you to quantify this mainly because if you don't understand what's missing and how much of that is missing in you, then it's more difficult to ask for if he doesn't want to change who he is and being on his phone and, and I'm not giving him a free pass here. I'm just, we're just starting off talking about this, but I want to make sure that you know what's missing in you so you can convey that to him. For example, let's just say that uh, you really like connecting with him at uh, certain times of the day. And when you try, he doesn't look away from his phone and you have to say, hey, and you're trying to get his attention. It can be difficult. But the, the goal is to try to fulfill what's missing in you. But it's also important to know how much you need and uh, how much you're willing to compromise. Again, it makes it sound like I'm on his side. I'm not. What I'm asking is, let's just say he doesn't change. Let's just say that he loves being on his phone or maybe he works on his phone. Like my fiance works on her phone all the time. She uses her phone for work and it drives me crazy. <laughs> not really. It doesn't drive me crazy, but I can't work on my phone for work. It's just very difficult. I've done it. It's just very difficult. It's a tiny screen, but she knows how to do it. And because she's doing it, it appears that she's very focused on that. But um, I see it as part of her job. So it's a lot easier for me to look at that and say, it's cool because she's doing her job. But sometimes she's not. Sometimes she's doing it for fun. Sometimes she's looking at uh, the news or whatever. But it doesn't matter because there's a point where if I felt like I was being neglected, then I would say something. I would say, hey, look, uh, we haven't had a connection in like four hours. I think I want to connect with you. Let's take a walk. Let's go outside. Let's sit down and breathe in nature. Let's do that. And I know her well enough that she would say, okay, just give me five more minutes. <laughs> no, she would say, okay, but I do need time to finish this, which would be great. But what is happening is something that I'm creating. I'm creating what's uh, what I need for me. I'm creating the scenario that I want to happen because there's something missing and I need to fulfill what's missing. And he may not get what's missing if it's not conveyed. It's, there's a difference between saying, you're not paying attention to us, get off your phone, and saying, I feel lonely. I feel sad because we haven't connected in hours. I feel sad that so-and-so doesn't get to see his daddy and he it looks like he wants to play with his daddy or her daddy. I, I feel this and uh, I wish it was different. And um, you could say it's because you're always on your phone, but I would rather have you say what's missing. I feel lonely. I want to connect with you. What do you want from a moment or a daily thing? I want to connect with you at least 10 minutes a day or 10 minutes an hour or whatever it is, whatever your criteria is. I've done my best to resist my cup of tea after 2 p.m. I'm doing well. I've promised myself I'm not going to do it because I really don't like sleepless nights. 
but um, I still have those nights where I feel a little bit wired or even a little bit tired, but I still can't fall asleep. I found my solution. It's called Soul. This episode is sponsored by Soul. Soul is created by a brother-sister duo, Mike and Angie Lee. They face the same challenges we all do. Stress, sleeplessness, and more. And their mission is to offer natural alternatives to medication. I've been using Soul's best-selling sleep aid called Sleepy. Not only has it helped me drift off faster, but I also wake up feeling great. And trust me, the flavors from blueberry lemonade to honey chamomile are so tasty. And beyond sleep, Soul has remedies for stress, focus, and pain. Some with CBD and some without. And with Soul's rigorous testing, you're always getting a safe, quality product. Grown in the USA, organically farmed, and gluten-free, it's time to get the sleep you deserve. Head to GetSoul.com forward slash brain. That's two words, GetSoul, S-O-U-L, dot com forward slash brain. Use the code BRAIN for 20% off your order. That's 20% off your order using the code BRAIN. One last time, GetSoul.com forward slash brain and code BRAIN for 20% off. My fiance and I have been together almost, almost nine, I guess it's eight or nine years now. Hey, 24, 20, yeah, it's nine years. And if I really need a connection with her, I'm going to ask for it. And the best part is she's going to give it to me unless she's in work mode. <laughs> if she's in work mode, I got to wait a little longer and I'll wait. But if I really want to connect with her, she will give it to me because I'm asking for it because I'm telling her what's missing inside of me and what I need. And that's an important component of this is that people are going to do what they do, but they may not realize what they're taking away from you. And the difference is usually how you communicate what's missing. If you communicate what's missing at all. Again, there's a difference between saying, get off the phone, pay attention to us. And I feel really sad that we haven't connected today. If you say that to somebody who's on their phone or you have to get their attention, hey, hey, I'm talking to you, just want to let you know, they finally pay attention and they ask, what, 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 what's going on? I feel really sad that we haven't connected today. I want to connect. If not sad, you could say, hey, look, I really want to connect with you because I enjoy your presence. I enjoy when you give me attention. I enjoy when you give me your energy. And so hopefully somebody who cares about you, who loves you, who supports you, whatever, they want to do that for you. Somebody who loves you and supports you and wants you to be happy will do that for you. They will give you their time and attention because they love seeing you happy. If this person who wrote said that to her partner and he said, uh, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm busy right now. Okay, is this is this something normal? Can he do it later? Is he going to say, I'm so sorry, I'm busy right now. Can you give me about a half an hour? Will that be good? Will that be good enough? Will that be okay? Will that be okay if um, that's how he answers? Because it comes down to asking ourselves, are we trying to change his behavior? Are we trying to change who he is and what he does? Or are we just conveying what we need from the person we care about? What do we need from them? It's a very straightforward approach. This is what I need from you. Will you please give that to me now? 
Now, I know what this person is thinking and a lot of other people are thinking. They should want to connect with me. They should want to get off their phone. They should want to take their earphone out, their AirPod, whatever thingy out. They should want that. And them not doing it is neglectful to me. Now, the problem with this, the problem with that perspective, even though it's a valid perspective, is that we're asking somebody to change a lifestyle. They're making a, to make a lifestyle change that they may not be comfortable doing. And when we ask somebody to make a change or a lifestyle change that they may not be comfortable doing, that might introduce resistance and even resentment. And we do have to be careful because if somebody came up to us and said, I don't like the fact that you want me to stare at you for four hours a day. So I would like you to change your need for that. How would that feel? I mean, that's excessive, I know. But let's just say, I don't like the fact that you want me to stop every 10 minutes and pay attention to you. Let's just say they said that and they, they wanted you to change. They, they wanted you not to do that anymore. It would be very difficult for you to go, okay, um, I will try to stop doing that. But how does that feel inside? It feels like somebody is trying to change you and control you and be a different person. And when that happens, that doesn't feel like compromise. That doesn't feel like them accepting us for who we are. It feels like them trying to change us. And again, I know this sounds like I am uh, defending the person on the phone. No, the, the person on the phone, the person who is taking the energy away from the relationship, away from love and connection, and wants to stay connected, they need to be aware of their partner's needs, their friend's needs, their family's needs, the people around them. They need to be aware of their needs enough so that they can show up differently in a way that is copacetic to both people. It is sometimes a sacrifice. We have to give up our technology. We have to move away from what we're constantly looking to give novelty to the brain and move toward somebody who's actually going to pay attention to us and cares about us. So I think that's a fewer number of people in that boat than there are in the other boat where they feel neglected, at least people that listen to this show. People that listen to this show probably are more present-minded and will listen and will try to connect with the people they care about and then there are others, and I mean, we've all been guilty of this. There are others that are doing some sort of involuntary neglecting. That can be a problem in relationships, as you know. But I think what ends up happening is that we get used to each other. And when we get used to each other, we think they're always going to be there. And we think that, okay, we've reached this level of love and level of connection that I don't have to reiterate that I love you and I, that I care about you. I don't have to reiterate that. So I'm going to continue doing the status quo, which is what I normally do. And you'll always know that I love and care about you. That's not true. <laughs> it's not true. If you do the status quo and much of your status quo is not trying to connect with the person you care about, this is what happens. The other person will feel neglected. The other person will feel like they are alone in the relationship. So that is for the people that are always looking for that novelty, that message right there. Take time, take some time away from what you love to do. Scroll, play games, whatever. Take time from that 
even a single minute, a single minute of connection just to show the other person, hey, you know, I'm doing this, but I, I love you and I care about you and I just want to let you know I'm here. Just want to let you know I'm here. And I bet the people that are always on their phone, the people that are always attached to the technology, if you did that once in a while, you're going to notice a difference in the relationship. Now, this doesn't mean you have to say, hey, I'm stopping because I want to let you know I love you and uh, uh, I'm just following this procedure to make sure that we stay connected. That's not genuine. <laughs> it means like putting your phone away, putting something away and actually showing somebody that you're there. I'm right here. This is how my fiance and I operate. We, we do this. Like we are totally attached to tech all the time. And so I, I realize that she realizes that. And we both know that we have to put it down. We have to put it down and we have to connect. And if we don't do that enough, it's, it's going to bleed into the relationship in other ways. It's going to affect us. And so to all those who are constantly connected, that is an important factor when you have people around you that matter. Because if you don't disconnect and show them that they matter, that's what it's going to feel like. It's going to feel like that they don't matter. That's invalidation right there. When somebody feels like they don't matter. And if somebody you care about feels like they don't matter to you, the relationship will dissolve. It will start to get problematic. You'll start to have problems that you don't even realize what they're about. Because it's just going to come out of nowhere. So this is my advice for those of you that do this kind of thing. My advice for those of you who are on the receiving end of these kinds of things sometimes me, <laughs> sometimes my fiance, again, I'm not immune to this and no one is, but we have to remember when we're on the receiving end of this, it's important to convey what's missing so that the person that is always connected realizes they have a choice. They realize that something is missing in this person that I care about and I have a choice to be the person that fulfills that or be the person that ignores that. What does that mean? That means that instead of saying, this is what I want you to do, you say, this is what's missing. This is what I need from you. This is what I would love to have from you. Without telling them what they need to do. That might mean, I'm lonely. Can you give me some time? And you might think, well, I can say that once and they will give me the time once. Well, then say it again when you get lonely again. Say it again when you get sad again. Say it again when you just need to connect with them in some small way. Because what will happen is that you will hopefully build a habit in them. Or at least they will build a habit in themselves because we're not out to change them. We're out to make them realize that we're here, even though we shouldn't have to tell them that. <laughs> but it does help because if people are truly always connected... They probably lose track of time. They probably don't even realize that um, they aren't being connecting because they get used to being with somebody and they feel like, oh, nothing's changed, so everything must still be good. Yes, I'm sorry. People are that dense sometimes, again, including me. So this is what happens is that we can get connected to technology. Our brain gets uh, used to being connected. And then suddenly it's uh, 12 o'clock at night and we should be going to bed 
and we haven't connected all day long. That definitely can and does happen, which is why it's important for the recipient, the person on the receiving end of this, to convey what's missing inside of them. This is what I need. Will you give this to me? Now, how do we say this without um, trying to look like we're change, changing the person? We can say, you can continue. I mean, maybe you don't say this, but you think it. They can continue doing anything they want as long as I get these particular needs fulfilled. And of course, they have to be reasonable. Saying that you want their time and attention uh, 50 minutes out of every hour might be unreasonable. But to say, look, give me five minutes so I can connect with you so we can talk, hopefully they will. And I say hopefully because, yes, I know there are some difficult relationships out there. Well, the person will put down their phone and say, fine, uh, what do you want to talk about? Hmm, that sounds like a real connecting moment, doesn't it? It's not. That is someone getting frustrated that you're, that you have needs to. And that's sad. Because if the relationship is like that, then there's other things, there are other things going on that need to be addressed. Do you want to connect anymore? Do you care? That might be something that gets deeper into the weeds of conversation, but maybe it needs to happen. Maybe a conversation like that needs to happen. Now, the person who wrote said that uh, sometimes or a lot, he ignores his own child. Now, let me say this. When it happens, let's just say that you're around somebody and this happens all the time. Some people need direct guidance. Sometimes they need a command. I need you to put the phone down and listen to me for five minutes. I need you to do that. Now, when you do that, it might be like ripping them off of their digital high. And sometimes people won't like that. <laughs> but it's important to communicate the reasons that you need them to disconnect, just like this person, I need you to play with your child. Why would I have to say that? He's a parent. He should figure this out himself. Sometimes they can't. Sometimes they can't figure things out themselves. This is something I had to learn in my relationship. Actually, um, my fiance, Asha, she had to learn this <laughs> with our relationship is that sometimes I'm dense. Sometimes I don't get it. I don't get what she wants. I don't know what she's asking for because she hasn't asked for it in a literal way. She will convey things, or she has in the past, conveyed things that she assumed I would get what she's asking for. You know, these uh, plates are dirty. I'm just giving you an example. This never happened here. But these plates are dirty. The assumption is, okay, somebody has to clean them. And you haven't washed the dishes in like uh, three months. Okay, the assumption is she wants me to wash the dishes. But again, using this just as an example, my interpretation of that might be, wow, she's really upset about those plates. I wonder if there's something else going on. <laughs> That's just, It could happen. And things like that have happened. Things like that simple thing have happened. And then she would go share with her friend. I told him the plates were dirty and he still wouldn't wash them. Why? Why is he like that? And her friend will say, well, did you ask him to wash the dishes? And then my fiance would say, I shouldn't have to. <laughs> and her friend would say, well, ask him because some people need to hear 
the direct word. Some people need to know exactly what you want, what you need, and what you're asking because they don't always get it. We don't think the same. A lot of us don't think the same. What you're saying, you know, my fiance, what she's saying to me is I want you to wash the dishes because it's been three months. I think it's time. And what I'm hearing is, wow, she sounds like she has some issues she has to work through. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm misinterpreting, not on purpose. And again, this is an example, but she is trying to convey a message, but not in a way that makes sense to me. This is why this topic is a great thing to talk about because sometimes we say things that don't convey the actual message. Hey, get off your phone and pay attention to me because I'm lonely. I'm sad. I miss you. I mean, it doesn't have to be lonely or sad. It doesn't have to be negative, but it could just be, I really miss you. I really miss spending some time with you. So let's do that now. Or how about an hour we take a walk? How about an hour we go get some ice cream? Whatever it is. You might have to give those commands. And eventually, this is hopefully what will happen, is that the more you convey this, the more you do this, hopefully they'll, they'll put their phone down in the future or whatever technology they're connected to and want to spend time with you because they realize not only is it important to you, but it makes the relationship better and they feel good doing it. And they will slowly wean off the constant digital connection that they have and put their energy toward what's most important. And some people, yes, they need to be guided to that. If you try to guide him to that and he still doesn't get it, you got to be more direct. And if you tried to be more direct and he still won't get off his phone, then you might have to apply some accountability. If you don't want to connect with me, if you want to stay on your phone, I guess you'll have to make your own dinner because I need connection. I want to be in a relationship with you. I don't want to be uh, by myself over here. I want to be in a relationship with you. Now, this might be a little extreme, maybe not, but it's all a matter of helping someone see the path that you want to travel with them. And if they want to be on that path too, the relationship could be a lot better. At least you'd be getting your needs met and you've been trying to meet their needs. And I've been very careful not to say, you need to stop using your phone. You need to stop playing games. I've been careful not to say that because as soon as you take something away from somebody, what ends up happening or what can happen is that they can develop resentment or uh, they can be resistant to other things. And that can be a, a scary area to put the relationship in because when you do that, then other destructive behaviors can come out of that because now the subject matter is almost taboo. Like I can't get on my phone anymore. So I guess I'll just be pouty all the time or I'll just be in a constantly triggered state. So no matter what happens, I'm very, I've got a very short fuse and we don't want that to happen. I think the best way to move forward in any type of relationship is allowing the person to be who they are, but also get your needs fulfilled. If I can allow my fiance to be on her phone for six, eight, ten hours a day, which is not true, but let's just say I can allow that, but I still get my needs met, that's great because she's getting her needs met, even though I might not agree with everything she does or how she does it or how much time she spends doing it. But if I'm getting my needs met, that's what's most important. 
I want to connect with her. I want her to connect with me. I want to spend time with her. And if I'm not getting my needs met, then I'm going to ask for more. And hopefully we're in a good enough, strong enough relationship where we can provide that to each other. I hope this helps in some way. Thank you for writing that. Uh, I know it's difficult. This is the way things are today, but hopefully that gives you something to think about and a direction to go. Thanks again. And thanks for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our financial backers this week, the patrons of the week, Ashley, Stephen, Paige, Brian, Larry, Winnie, and Brad. Thank you so much. They value this show and they decided to give back and I am very grateful they do that. Thank you again. And if you value the show like these patrons do and you want to give back, head over to moretob.com and there are options to do that over there. I appreciate all of you. And for a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, that's what we talk about, right? Visit loveandabuse.com and I get into the weeds over there, very deep uh, areas of difficulties and toxic behaviors. Loveandabuse.com. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, head over to healedbeing.com. I have a robust program with a support group and all that kind of stuff for those who want to change their behaviors at uh, healedbeing.com. And thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. You know, one thing I didn't talk about uh, with this episode is that you could actually plan things. You could actually plan something like uh, staying off our phone for this hour every day. That may not go over well, but uh, like sometimes my fiance will plan things outside the house. And when we go outside the house, it's more difficult to be on your phone when you're supposed to be paying attention to a movie or somebody playing music or whatever. And hopefully they aren't on their phone during those times too. I think what happens is it's just something I said earlier, just like I said earlier, is that we get used to each other and that, that can really put a strain on the relationship because it takes advantage of something very important, something very special. I, I like to look at it this way. When my fiance leaves, she goes somewhere and I'm alone. I want to make sure that we have a proper goodbye. That may sound silly. That may sound romantic. For me, it's just something I want to do because what if she doesn't come back? That's very scary to me. And I don't, I'm not paranoid, but I think about that kind of stuff. I think I want to make this moment special, even though she's just leaving to the store. <laughs> she's just going to be back in 15 minutes. And it doesn't mean I do it 100% of the time, but I do try. I do try because our last moments are going to be the ones we remember. And I don't want to be angry and I don't want uh, to have missed that opportunity. And uh, she appreciates that. She's actually grown fond of that. And she does make sure now to kiss me and say, I love you and say goodbye. And, it, and it's meaning it's meaningful. And that's what I love. And she didn't do that before. She didn't have that same um, perspective, I guess. Doesn't mean she didn't care as much, but I think I just brought it to her awareness. And uh, it has changed how we say goodbye. And that's a nice thing. I love it. And so that has become a ritual for us. And that's what I mean about making something a ritual. Like, hey, you know what? We're going to have to get off our phones for 10 minutes a day and sit outside and at least connect. It's sort of like uh, breakfast time. I really like to make our breakfast a together thing when we can. I like to make it something we can connect. Even if we're watching a video on the phone together. At least we're together. So that's what I have tried to do it and, and she tries to do it too. It doesn't always work out. We both work from home. So that's just a 
crazy things sometimes, but uh, that's what we try to do. And, um, you'd think that we both work from home, so we have more time together, but it's not true. <laughs> we are in our separate places all day long, and then every now and then we see each other, which is really nice. But uh, it's certainly like um, staying at work all day. But it is it is something that we do work on. And it is something you're supposed to continue working on. If you're in a romantic relationship, you should never take advantage that they're always going to be there because it makes you take for granted something that you might really care about if it was not there. And uh, I know that puts us on kind of a morbid track. Like, well, what if they die tomorrow? What am I supposed to do? Just always think they're going to die tomorrow? No. It's a matter of just appreciating who they are and where they are in your life. It's just a matter of appreciating that they're in your life today. When you have that. Some people don't have that. Some people do not have somebody else and they, I mean, I remember. I remember being divorced and being alone and being sad. And uh, I loved technology at that time. I love, I still love it. But back then, that's all I had. That's the only connection I had to someone else was watching them on a screen. So I don't have anything against doing that. I think it can be very helpful to help the time pass and even help you heal. I think um, there's a lot of wonderful stuff that you can listen to and watch to help you heal. Hey, that's what I try to do here every week. I hope this is helpful to you. Thank you so much for listening. And just remember to always keep an open mind because uh, maybe this stuff isn't helpful. <laughs> and I want to make sure that you keep an open mind long enough so that uh, maybe something will seep in. With an open mind, you get to step into your power and be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, and I'm giving you my 100% focus right now. You are amazing. Yeah.